because of other people praying and believing because of spiritual gifts, divine power gifts that he's given to folks. I mean, there, there are all kinds of people who are physically healed by God before they're... My grandfather, I've told you the story multiple times, healed, but, you know, he wasn't... He didn't, he didn't understand a comprehensive approach to receiving from God. I mean, you know, and, and so we see that, you know, God intervenes and he shows mercy and kindness. And, and we even see in the Old Testament where he showed mercy and kindness to his enemies. I mean, he doesn't just tell me and you to do that. He's done that. Um, part of the reason Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh was because um, it had already been prophesied what Nineveh was going to do to God's people. And he like, I ain't doing it. I ain't going down there. God, I don't want them to get saved. I don't want them to, you know. And yet, God had mercy on, on them. And, and it's just the, the, the greatness of our God. So I don't want to leave you this wrong impression, you know, that, that you know, you got to be some kind of, you know, master level in Scripture and the Word of God and all these other things to receive anything from God. People, for that matter, I mean, people receive, what does the Bible say? He makes His sun to shine on the just and the unjust. You know, people that never look His way a second time, God's all, all the time doing good things for them and helping them and blessing them. I think the problem comes in, though, is when we start trying to walk out the inward realities of our new birth with that model of the evangelist that called my grandfather out of that service that night and, and you know, supernatural power gift of the Spirit, you know, brought healing to his body. Um, remember, it was at the end of a sermon about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, we were talking about how when the angel of the Lord showed up at the tent that day and told Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child and they laughed. I mean, God could have laid hands on them. <laughs> he could have said, baby B. And I mean, she'd been nine months pregnant right then. I mean, I, God has that kind of power and ability. And, and I'm not trying to paint this as an either or it it is a both both and but remember this life is a training ground and what we do in this life according to Jesus has so much to do with where we start in the next life We got a new um, game console thing up there for our youth. It's uh, it's old school. Uh, anybody remember Centipede? <laughs> and um, so it's been kind of fun, Pam and I, playing some of those games with them because you know they're like, "What's what's that, Pastor Mark?" I was like, "Well, let let me tell you about let me tell you about that, Sonny." You know, what I'm and um, but I never had never seen this before. Um, when you start another game. It gives you the option to enter your score from your previous game, and you can start where you left off 
with three new lives, so to speak. That, they never had that. Not that I've, man, my daddy ever found out I put a quarter in an arcade game. I was in trouble. You know what I'm saying? That was a waste of money. So, so I didn't have a lot of experience in that. But, um, but I was, I was, as I was just kind of meditating on all this and just doing some writing and, and that sort of thing, you know, in these different games you level up, you know, you get to the next level, the next level, the next level, and it gets a little more challenging, but greater rewards and more points, you know. And 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 walking with God is, is that's like walking with God. You know, it's not that God, walking with God is like that. That's like walking with God, right? I mean, you, you progress faith to faith, glory to glory, um, grace for grace. I mean, we... You know, we, we move up incrementally and we, and we develop. <clears throat> but, you know, to whatever level or degree, remember what Paul said, whatever level or degree to which you've attained, walk thereby. And, and, in other words, when you, when you grow and develop, hold that. Let, that. let that become not your ceiling, but your new floor. And then go from there, go from there, go from there. So many times, you know, God works in our lives and we look at it as a rare epiphany. You know, we look at it as, you know, just some, you know, final breakthrough and, okay, let's go back to whatever. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, Pastor Keith Ellis prayed with me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and I passed him in the house, 12 years old, 13 years old, I passed him in the hallway a few weeks later and he it was encouraging me. If you know Pastor Keith Ellis, you know what an encourager he is. And, and uh, put his arm around me. He said, well, you've been praying in tongues every day? I looked at him like, what in the world are you talking about? See, I, di- I didn't know that that was to be the new norm, so to speak, in my life. I thought it was just kind of a one-shot thing, and I got my tongues card, and I could brag about it now, and, you know, I'm spirit-filled, and yippee-yahoo for me, you know. And, you know, that's what Paul is saying. He said, look, whatever degree you've attained... Walk by that now. Walk in that, right? And <clears throat> what Jesus clearly taught us is that to whatever degree we progress in this life, that's where we start in, in the next life. Amen. And so, He is certainly interested in meeting your needs and blessing you and prospering you. And and He can... He can do that he has done that he does it for people who don't even know him whether they ever acknowledge it or not he's just good like that okay but what he's really interested in is you learning his ways and and you growing and 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 in your love for him and your fellowship with him and, and your oneness with him and his ability to to speak into your life and direct you and and all these other things and see that's what <clears throat> my grandfather didn't get all that when that evangelist laid his hand on him. Now, it, it was a, uh, he was supernaturally, divinely healed. It, it, it was a, a, a pivotal moment in his life. It was, if my mother was here, she could shout it out to me. It, he did not get born again that night. It was sometime, I want to say maybe three years or so. It was a good bit later before he even got saved. But again, that, that was one of those moments where he knew there was a God undeniable and that was just the goodness of God of course my mom had been praying for him since she was a little girl I mean you know so there's that factor I'm not just you know it's like these things are random I mean there's that factor you know intercession and, and these and these sorts of things 
But my grandfather's shoulder was healed that night, but he wasn't even born again yet. You know what I mean? He, he, knew, he knew less than nothing about the ways of God and the will of God and the goodness of God and, and, and how to walk those things out in his life. And, and, um, and so, do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? I'm, I, don't, I don't want to paint this picture that, you know, you've got to have this comprehensive approach. If you don't do that, God ain't doing nothing for you. And I said, no, no, no. But what we are taught, remember, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. All these things that are true about us that, that we've received, that we're learning how to walk out, that we're learning how to give expression to, uh, be imitators of God as dear children, you know, how to lay hold of the things that have been freely uh, given to us. And so th- these, these are the things that we're talking about, not just for your own benefit, but you know, when we start talking about these next level growth and development in the things of God, remember the ultimate destiny of a tree is not to produce fruit, the ultimate destiny of a tree is to produce more trees, right? The fruits in the tree, the seeds in the fruit, and the trees in the seed, right? Are you seeing this? Father's glorified when we bear fruit, and he's also even more glorified when we work together with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to produce more fruit producers. Amen? Amen. And so... Well, amen. Let me, I can say more about that and maybe we will in in the days ahead. Let me, um, there's several verses that are on my heart tonight and amen, I'm I'm not going to keep you super long, but I do want us to look at a few of these. Um, Let's begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. It's a verse I hope you're familiar with. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. He says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay? Let's, let's do this. Um, we've asked and answered this question, why is a comprehensive approach to receiving necessary? And we've looked at three different reasons. Number one, you're a three-dimensional being. So to receive from God and to walk in what He has freely given to you, you have to understand that as a three-dimensional being. And we spent a good bit of time last Wednesday night trying to talk above the rain beating down on the roof. I hope you could hear some of that. It was important anyway. About you know, how thinking one-dimensionally has corrupted a lot of people's ability to receive from God as a three-dimensional being. And, um, and we're, we're going to talk some more about that as the days unfold. Number two, spiritual things must be received spiritually and then manifested physically. And so that's what he's talking about in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Spiritual things are real. They're just not seen with the physical eyes. 
but they're real. Amen. I, I know that may like be such a simple way of saying it, but spiritual things are real, and they must be received spiritually and then manifested physically. See, when we, when we talk about the power of God flowing through one person into another person, you know, that's someone whose, whose body is, 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 is being touched by God. But remember, God created us to live from the inside out, not the outside in. So where there's a vessel being used by God, he can flow from inside one person through that person. You'll lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And the power of God flow in, into their body. But like I said with the example of my grandfather, he wasn't saved that night. Um, he, if, if anything, he, I won't say he was more confused, but, but he, he still had a lot of questions and wasn't really interested in listening to anybody who had the answers. Let, let, me, let me see if I can say it this way. And you, know, you can crash your life into the ditch and cry out to God in His mercy, and He'll get you out of the ditch and get you back on the right path. You can crash your life in the ditch again and cry out to God in His mercy. He'll come and He'll get you out of the ditch and get you back on the right path again. Okay, But Father's best for you is not you needing Him to bail you out every six months or two years or whatever. His best for you is even beyond you no longer crashing your life into a ditch. His best for you is to use you as an instrument to help other people get out of the ditch. And see, that, that, you can't lay your hands on somebody and produce that kind of growth and development and maturity in them. That's something that has to be, you have to yoke up with Jesus, you have to walk alongside Him, you have to let the Master teach you, amen, and learn from Him. His yoke is easy, His burden is light. And, and you grow and you develop in these things. Amen. Walking them out. Walking them out. I could teach you everything the Bible has to say about tithing. I, I, could, I could teach you so, um, you know, correctly and, and efficiently and effectively about tithing that you could go teach other people about tithing. You could write a book on tithing, but you will never know tithing until you do tithing. Amen. My, uh, my mama and daddy will get me for this, but there's been folks over the years that they, that they so desperately wanted them to learn the secret of tithing that they would actually give them money to tithe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. I don't want to... Um, there's another, he'll get me for it too, but Brother Jerry Godwin has, has done some of the same things uh, with people that he loves. You know, he's like, um, look, don't pay your rent this month to me, just tithe. You know, because what, what are they trying to do? If, if you ever effectively experience the, the benefits of doing it God's way, you, you, you'll never go back because it's, it's gone from theory to proven. You're hooked. I mean, it's like, why would you? You know, I, I said this, and I know I don't, you know, I, I love our brother and I'm thankful for him, and been a lot of brouhaha about one of our very popular, uh, I'm not even going to say his name because I'm not trying to, but, you know, he came out and 
against tithing and said you shouldn't tithe and 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 all this. And I before I'd ever heard anything about that or and and listen, I love this man. I've learned a lot from him. A Creflo Dollar, if you if you don't know that, Brother Creflo. And he's my brother and I love him and I respect him and I've learned a lot from him. Um but before I ever even knew that, I even said if and he didn't, by the way, but if you could convince me that tithing is not for today, I would still ask the Lord if I could. Would you, okay, I'm not supposed to do it, but can I? You know, in other words, it's not a it's not a bondage thing. It's a it's a it's a it's a blessing thing. It's something I get to do, not something I have to do. Um, remember, not everybody that wanted to give Abraham an offering, Abraham would receive it. Amen. All right. So, so we're, when we talk about. Um, all right, so let me finish this list and I'll go to another one. All right. So spiritual things must be received spiritually and then manifested physically. And so by, you know, by the very nature of what they are, spiritual things are of, of a different sort. They're not, it's not like that $20 bill we've been talking about that you can pass back and forth. It's, it's something that's invisible. And, and you know, this is why you have to have faith What's Second um, Corinthians five and seven? We walk by faith, not by sight. H- how do you receive something you can't see? <laughs> right? We know how to receive stuff we can see, don't we? We know how to receive something we can see. Um, matter of fact, I got a, I got a confirmation that there's a, a Christmas gift on my porch, you know, to be wrapped and, and put under the tree for this weekend. Right? It's 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 there i mean you you understand what i'm saying um but it's something physical but when we we talk about receiving something that we can't see how do we go about that this is why we need the comprehensive approach okay so then the third thing is you're not receiving in a neutral environment in other words there's a devil who's trying to steal from you he's trying to lie to you he's trying to cheat you and he's got He's got all kinds of different ways of of doing that. And sadly, one of his most effective are people standing in pulpits with Bibles in their hands telling folks things that are inaccurate and are not the truth. All right? So, receiving from God involves moving things from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Or we could say it this way. We're moving things from the unseen to the seen. From the invisible to the visible. This may be really simple, but I think it bears stating tonight, if we were only dealing with natural invisible things, there would be no need for faith. It, it would be like we, we said last week in that first scenario, the visual confirmation. In other words, we believe we receive it once it's in our hand. Once we can see it, then okay, we got it. And that's when we believe. And up until that point, we're hoping we asked you know, someone for something in hope and with some level of expectation that you know, they wouldn't backhand us anyway. You know, may tell us no, but some level of expectation that we would be given what it is that we're asking for. But the, but the believing we received it doesn't come until we hold it in our hands. But see, we're not dealing with natural 
visible things. We're talking about things that are spiritual, things that are eternal, and things that are unseen, that, that you can't see with the eye. And so now you know, we're talking about a need for a whole different approach to receiving these things right now. <clears throat> Amen. I'm skipping through a lot of stuff because there's a couple of things I really want to get to before we're done tonight. Um, so keep that in mind about the seen and the unseen. And let's go back now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. It says, Now we have received... So he's talking about a, a, a present tense condition. Notice... Um, we, it doesn't say we will receive. It says we have received. That's important. We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit. Amen? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I think the bigger question, and this is one of the key things I wanted to go after tonight. Um, and I think this is when I look at the whole comprehensive approach to receiving from God, okay. If this is not you, then Amen. But make sure it's not you. And make sure you're not letting what you know about it keep you from learning what you need to know. Okay. But I think the number one issue that people have when it comes to this comprehensive approach to receiving from God, and people may not call it that, they may not understand that, but... It's rooted in the one-dimensional approach, but it, it comes down to believing you've already received something that you can't see. Believing that you've already received. See, we, we try to do all kinds of stuff with that. And we went through those three different scenarios last week. What we actually see is, is that, you know, we play these mind tricks with ourselves, but when it's all said and done, we either believe we've already received it or, or we don't, okay? Now, Abraham is our example in all this, and we see that he struggled with these things, but maybe that's not the right word to use. When I say struggled... Um, Count it all joy when we fall into to different test trials and temptations, knowing that the testing, trying, and tempting um, of your faith, right, produces what? Endurance. See, the devil, back to that number three, you don't live in a neutral environment. And the devil is resisting. He's trying to stop you from enjoying, experiencing, and expressing all the new birth realities that you've already received. 
And he has all kinds of, of strategies and tactics to, to, to prevent that from happening. Ignorance is one of his biggest ones. That's why he comes immediately to steal the word. Okay. But every, every time the devil brings that resistance against you, he's taken a chance. Because if, if you stand on what you believe and you keep confessing what you believe and, and believe you've already received, even though the symptoms say you haven't received, the bank account says you haven't received, the situation with your family says you, it's not any different, it's getting worse. Because there's a lot going on on the surface, right? But the anchor's beneath the surface, the anchor for the soul. So like the devil tries all this you know, stuff on the surface to move us. But he knows that he's rolling the dice every time he does that. Because if, if you don't cave in, but, but stand up against the resistance, all he succeeded in doing is making you stronger. He just increased your ability to endure, to stand. Right? Are you seeing this? And so there are some who say all that comes from God. I, I, don't, I don't believe that at all. But what the devil means to bring harm and ruin and destruction, God can use it and, and, and it'll work together for your benefit. But see, the devil is banking on you folding up and quitting instead of continuing uh, to stand uh, and endure until you receive. But remember, let endurance have its completing work so that you may be complete and entire, lacking nothing. So this is coming back to what, you, what you're holding in your hands, right? Okay. So, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So, the things that have been freely given to us by God are, were all given to us from His spirit to our spirit. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, all of these things, uh, everything from healing to financial prosperity, houses, cars, all things that pertain to life and godliness is where we have it uh, you know, expanded upon for us in, uh, in 2 Peter. All those things. But for lack of a better way of saying it, they're all in spirit form. Okay? And, and they have been given to you. And so you've been given the Holy Spirit according, I, I just read one verse if you were to keep reading there you would see that the Holy Spirit is there to, at least where this is concerned, to do two very important things. Number one, to reveal to you or to convince. Remember that word convict. We think convict means to make somebody feel guilty. No, no. Convict means to convince. And, and he's, the Holy Spirit is the great convincer of men's hearts. So the Holy Spirit is trying to, to reveal to you and convince you. Remember, he... He worked with Abraham like this until Abraham came to the point of full persuasion, fully convinced, okay? Holy Spirit, see, we, we keep trying to convince ourselves. Man, there, the things that Father God is wanting to manifest in your life is so far above anything you could ever convince yourself of. You've got to let Him help you in the convincing. So He's wanting to reveal to you and to convince you of the things that Father has freely given to you, things that you don't even know are yours now, okay? And then He's also there to help you bring those things 
from deep inside of you out into your life reality to, to fruition. And that's what Paul's talking about here. And that's why Paul says we speak these things in a mystery. Then he says these things which Father has given to us, um, he says we speak but not with words which man's wisdom teaches, but words which the Holy Spirit teaches. So this comes back to the praying in the unknown tongue where we're speaking these answers. ties in with Romans 8, right? We don't know how to pray for as we ought. Things that we need, but the Holy Spirit, you know, we, don't know the, we don't know the words to say to get the answers that we need because we don't even know what the answers should be. But the Holy Spirit knows. He's our helper, right? And so He helps us uh, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. It means to compose, to, to, to take from inside of yourself and to, and to uh, literally uh, produce it uh, externally. Now, let's talk a little bit more about this and then we'll, we'll pray. Amen. And wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Praise God. Are you still with me? You get anything out of this? Okay, all right. So, this, this word, and it's an important word in the phrase that we might know. You know, when he uses the word that we might, or we, we may say, may know, he's saying that it's not automatic. In other words, you, he's given the opportunity, but your willingness to cooperate with him in this is, is required. Um, and so he's not like, he's not saying that he might give it to you. He's saying that you will have the opportunity to know what he has freely given you. But the key word is that word know there. And there's, there's multiple Greek words with multiple meanings translated into our singular English word know. And this particular one is uh, the word E-I-D-O. Uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Edo. And it, I may be wrong with that pronunciation, but that's, that's definitely how you spell it. And this particular no means to see. To see. Um, to see with, like, see it in, in a sense of, oh, I see it now, Okay. Uh, but it also means to see uh, with perception. To see with perception. So if you, if you go back in and insert that definition in, he's not just talking about knowing about it. That's, that's one of the ways Satan tries to uh, continue to cheat us and rob us because, you know, it's one thing to know about it. It's another thing to see it. Come on now. Right? I can see it. I can see it. Some of you know Amy just recently got her degree in mathematics, right? And there, there are certain things that, um, like, my mind works more mechanical, um, like if I'm if I'm going to build something before I ever go by the first board, I, I build it in my head. You understand what I'm saying? I I put the whole thing together. Now, you know, my brother Matthew is is uh, his brain works like you know Amy's, and in, in math is something you have to be able to see. You, know, you look at those problems and and you know what to do and where to go and all that stuff. I that's that's not my thing. Um, 
So the Holy Spirit is is wanting you to to see it. See, there is again not as the world, not as the world gives, not as the world receives, and not as not as the world means, but there is from a three-dimensional perspective, there is truth in I'll believe it when I see it. Amen. But we're not talking about seeing it, holding it in your hand. We're talking about seeing it with the eyes of faith. I don't know what you're believing God for, but here's your homework assignment, okay? I want you to practice seeing it a reality in your life. You know what I mean by that? Practice. That sounds like some kind of new. No, no. See, this, this meditation is it's a lost art. It's a, it's a lost biblical art. The world has stolen this from God. The Bible is full of instructions about meditating and visualizing and, and, and picturing these things. Right? Find, find you something that God says he's done for you and, and, and begin to uh, see yourself. See yourself living in the victory of that thing. What are you doing? You're, you're bringing your thoughts into alignment with the reality that's, that already exists in your born-again spirit. Is that okay? Yes. All right. According to the Word of God, according to the Word of God, is it possible for you to be given something or to become something that you are not aware of having or being? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Stand with me tonight. The answer is yes. Now, you'll never make sense of that with one-dimensional thinking. Because one-dimensional thinking says, well, if I have it, I ought to be able to put my hand on it. One-dimensional thinking says, well, if, if, if I've become that, then... Um, you know, I, I, there ought to be some kind of physical, tangible evidence that I've become that. Let's go back to it. Abraham's our example. What did he believe? What did he believe? He believed God had made him something he could never make himself. He believed God made him something he could never make himself. And he believed it. He believed it fully convinced that it was true, that, it all, that he had already been made the father of many nations before he was the father of Isaac. Do you see that? That's, that's the part, I think, that the Holy Spirit is helping us get, get past. One-dimensional thinking has indoctrinated us into this way of receiving to where, you know, I believe it when I, when I have it, and... You know, there, there's even been folks, a situation here recently where, you know, somebody uh, accused my mother of lying because she chose to say what the Word says instead of um, what the symptoms say. Well, amen. Amen. See, one-dimensional thinking, yeah, well, I mean, you're saying you're healed and you're still coughing. You're not healed. That's one-dimensional thinking, see. Three-dimensional thinking is, I believe I've already received my healing. 
and I am confidently and joyfully expecting anything that's still rocking back and forth on the surface to change. And I will endure until it does. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for these beautiful people, their faithfulness, Lord. Father, I, I know that there's a, a certain level of faithfulness to one another, faithfulness to a church, faithfulness to be in church and those sorts of things. But Father, ultimately, ultimately, Father, the honor, the honor that's been given by the folks in this room tonight is, is yours. I pray, Father, that you be honored by those who have honored you tonight by coming and by loving and by worshiping and by participating. Father, I just thank you for a wonderful Christmas and for good things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Remember, no service on the 25th, but we will be back here on the 28th and on January 1st. Merry Christmas. Know that you're loved. Good things coming.